0: and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Matthew 14. These last couple days... The kids have been talking about encounters with Jesus, okay? So uh, last night, they encountered Jesus on the road. So they talked about where Jesus had died. He had come back to life. These dudes are walking down this road. They didn't know any of this. And here comes Jesus. He appears on the road. They didn't know it was Jesus. They didn't know it was him. And in Friday night, they, they encountered Jesus um, in a different way. And today, we're going to encounter Jesus on the water, And I'll intro with a story How many of you like stories? Yeah It grows each week I love stories This particular story Lands me um, In southern Virginia Out on a lake On a boat With my wife And her parents And uh, I think, I can't remember. I think, I remember my wife and her parents, maybe Luke. Luke, y'all know Luke. I, Luke, were you there? Were you on the boat? I don't remember. It was late evening. Have you ever been on a late evening boat ride? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. We get out on the boat, see some dark clouds in the distance. If you, you can see my father in law already ready for this story. Um, see some dark clouds in the distance. Well, <clears throat> my father in law asks me, hey, Because he knows I'm Native American. You don't believe me? I've got a card. I'll show you. I'm like a Chuck Norris Native American, okay? I don't look it. But I am. It's in my blood. So he says, let me ask my Native American son-in-law. Is it going to rain? So I said, no, we're good. Looked at the clouds. A few minutes later. You hear this, and it's the splitter splatter of rain on the water in the boat. My father-in-law and I lock eyes, and I immediately realize I may have miscalculated our situation. And so we speed off towards, did we get soaking wet? I I think we got soaking wet, I'm pretty sure it just broke loose wasn't just a drizzle, I missed the mark completely. Choked to the bone. I have yet to live this down. Those with father-in-laws know that. Now, I will say this, today's story takes us to a boat. And Jesus and his disciples, um, they have just finished feeding 5,000 men and their women and children. So thousands and thousands of people have just been fed from five loaves and two fishes. Okay? After they have fed all these people, a lot of work these disciples have been doing, um, Jesus tells his disciples, hey, listen, you guys go on across, uh, across, get in the boat, cross over the water. I'm going to stay here, get everybody sent off and home. So that's what happened. They went out on the boat. Jesus Sent everybody home, went up on a hill, and started to pray, and night came, night fell. Jesus, um, the the disciples, while they're out on this boat, begin to take on some some heavy wind and waves, okay? As, now it's 3 a.m., everybody say 3 a.m. When I was interning in college, the guy I was interning under, the pastor, said nothing good happens after 12 a.m. That's what he told me. Still true to this day. I've never known anything other than births. Um, I don't know of anything good that happens after 12 a.m. Um, so at 3 a.m., these guys are, it's dark, it's on a boat, it's windy, it's wavy, waves are overcoming the boat, and they see a figure walking across the water. Now, I've never been on the boat at night. That I can remember, maybe I have. But if I had seen a figure on the water, I'm pretty sure I would have to change my pants. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what would happen. That's what happened to these disciples. Can I tell you? They got scared, and they said, "Look, it's a ghost." And so, if you you look here in 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 uh, Matthew 14:22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples go back, get in the boat, cross. The other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Verse 23. After sending them home, he went into the hills to pray by himself. Night fell. And then we work through this story here. Now, this is where we find uh, the story that I I just told you. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear. Everybody say, in their fear," Fear, fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. Can I tell you something? When things are scary, when fear is in your heart, things aren't always what they seem. Can I tell you that? You can look at situations and look at people and say, oh, the, these guys looked at Jesus and thought he was a ghost. The reason they didn't is because in verse 27 he says, But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said, take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Uh, Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Man, that is crazy. I know we read these stories and we're like, man, that's, that's so beautiful. What a beautiful story of faith. This happened. And might I add, the waves were still tossing here. Peter went over the side of the boat. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Aren't you glad that Jesus immediately reaches out to you? Hey, look. If you've come in here this morning and you're in a space where you feel like, man, things are so topsy-turvy outside of these walls, I will tell you that Jesus will immediately reach out to you if you cry out to him. Look, Peter cried out, save me, Lord. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at uh, Gennesaret. That's my best stab at that. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. This isn't the disciples' first boat incident. Just a few chapters earlier in chapter 8, these disciples were in an even more precarious situation. And so what we have to do is kind of parallel these two boat scenarios. Now, I almost brought a John boat up here. There were some logistical issues to that. Because I told my wife, I want to, I want, first, at first, when I was preparing for this message, I told my wife, I wanted to buy a John boat, put it on rollers, and row in here. I said, they'll never forget it, right? She said, won't you have to put holes in a John boat to put it on wheels? I was like, yeah, probably. She's like, then it's no longer a boat, right? It'll just sink. You can't use it after that. I was like, well, I didn't think about that. didn't think that far ahead. just thought it'd be cool. So there's no John boat up here. I couldn't get it figured out. And also, people want ridiculous amounts of money for junk. Can I tell you something? So I didn't find one. This is these guys' second boat incident. And so let's just break down the first one, then we'll break down the second one, and we'll see the differences in how they've grown. Ready? Say ready. Thank you, Michael. In chapter 8, there was a little bit of difference here. The disciples were on a boat. Jesus was already on the boat, but he was asleep. There weren't just wind and waves in this story. In chapter 8, if you want to go there, it's 23 through 27. Much shorter story. They're on the boat. It's still late at night. Jesus is asleep on the boat. boat, A storm comes. So it's not just wind and waves. It's storming. It's raining. Water's coming in the boat. It's crazy, intense. And they were scared for their lives. They thought this is it. I don't know how many of you have faced situations where You didn't know if you were going to make it out of it. I I can remember a couple of my own. But when you're staring death in the face, um, there's all types of, you, you react in all types of ways. And these guys reacted thinking, this is it. And so they woke Jesus up and they said, duh. We're going to die if you don't fix this. And he said the same thing, almost, he, except he talked to all of them. And he said, O ye of little faith. And then he looked, and Macy loves the story. I'll lay in bed at night and tell her this story. and she, This is her favorite story because this is her favorite line. He looks at the wind and the waves and the storm and he says, peace, be still. And the disciples sit back in this boat, and they say, who is this man? That even the wind and the waves, they obey him. The God we're celebrating this morning, all of creation bows to him. And when we face face things like people who don't like us, or we face sickness that we can't get healed or we face unsurmountable things, they all bow to him, everything bows to him and so they said, who is this man, now in in chapter 14 it's a little different, they weren't scared for their lives, they were scared, they were fearful, but it wasn't the storm because you know why, they know who controls it. Each each night when I put Macy to bed, I ask her this question. I said, why don't we have to be afraid of the storms? And she says to me, because Jesus controls them. And you know why I tell her this? I tell her that so when she faces storms in life, it might not matter now at four years old. But maybe somebody in here, I wish your parents may have told you that, hey, listen, you don't have to be afraid of this adversity. Because Jesus has it. Jesus has it right here. He controls it. Now, some of you might say, you mean Jesus is allowing this? Yeah. Nothing would be happening to you if Jesus, it didn't filter through his sovereign hands. Now, some of you might say, oh, well, what kind of God is that? Let me tell you, a God who sees much differently than you. So in this story, the wind and the waves, they come... What's changed between them is now Peter, and everybody gives Peter a lot of credit in this story that he he really doesn't deserve. Because Peter jumps out of the boat, (laughs) kind of on a whim, because he says, if it's really you, he doesn't actually believe it's Jesus. In the Greek, if he said, if it's really you, the Greek Translates to, to line him up with all the mockers at the bottom of the cross. If it's really you, come down. It lines him up um, with, with Satan in the desert for 40 days. If, it's re- if you're really the Son of God, do this. It lines him up with the high priest that said, hey, if you're really who you say you are. So, Peter, look, he's not making some grandiose face statement here. He's testing. Jesus. He's, he's testing the almighty God. And look, when he first started walking on water, I think, boom, he knows it. He's like, oh, that is him. That is Jesus. And I preached this, this scripture all different types of, of ways and in different angles and, and said, you know what? Because um, there's something to be said here for he walked Knowing it was Jesus, and when he got distracted, his focus went away from Jesus, he began to sink. So there's something to be said here for when you're focusing on God, you can walk through things that you wouldn't normally be able to walk through. And when our focus shifts away from God, well, you might begin to sink. You will. So Peter challenged Jesus. And the, the biggest difference here, this is what I love. At the end of chapter 14, there isn't a question anymore. At the end of chapter 8, after the storm, after everything, silence. I can even see it now. The ship sitting on a glass sea. And these guys say, who is this guy that every the wind and the waves, they obey him. At the end of chapter 14, you know what he says? The Bible tells us right here, look. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God. There's no longer a question here. These guys' faith, have, it has grown. Jesus has proved himself to them on multiple levels. They now have a new revelation. Now understand something. Had there been no storm, God used that storm to reveal himself to them. And I can't tell you how many times my wallet has been empty and God has proven himself by feeding me. My family, right after my parents got divorced, I mean, we were struggling. It was struggle bus. Struggle bus town. We would not have any food in our pantry at all. And my mom's in between paychecks because you only get paid once a month with the state. So when you run out, that's it. And in that stress, in that struggle, in that adversity, all of a sudden somebody knocks on the door and drops us three Kroger bags of groceries. And all of a sudden God reveals something to me that he's a provider, that he cares, he sees my need. Robbie's sitting in this room today. Walked through more pain and anguish, him and his wife, than any of us could probably ever imagine. But you know what God has proven? That God is a healer. There's there's one other similarity here Between the two stories And that is this Jesus ends up in the boat In both stories Now in the first story He was asleep in the boat Let me tell you something I feel like I sleep like Jesus My wife will probably attest to that They could be shooting our house down I would not wake up Nothing wakes me up. Once I'm asleep, it is done. Anybody sleep like a rock? Oh, yeah. Gone. Out. I'd love to bolster it up like I have just this extreme faith in Jesus that I sleep so peaceably. Uh, But I don't know that that's it because I fail him on occasion. But both accounts, Jesus gets in the boat. And all throughout the Bible, you see, and throughout time, uh, Christianity, Christianity has been related to a ship. And here we see that God always ends up in the boat. Now, um, there is this tendency that when adversity comes, we want to jump ship. Okay? Okay? and i can't t- and i'm just i'm just going to love i'm going to hug you tightly can i hug you tightly this morning <clears throat> the disciples were having issues in the boat both times um and I, I just want to to brief you if if you come to this church there may be adversity in this boat there may be adversity outside of this boat all around you in life can i t- can i tell you the big difference it's Jesus being in the boat. Hear me this morning. Hear me this morning. You can be in the boat all you want. And it will. It, the only thing that changes is when Jesus is in the boat. Your boat can go all types of directions. You can have all things going on around your boat. But it's when Jesus is in the boat that things change. Whole whole. Atmosphere shift at his presence and, and at his command. So as the kids learned these past two days that you can encounter Jesus throughout all different situations. All different situations. They learned about the human factor, that we're all human. Hello? Anybody not? Okay, just making sure. I need to change my messages otherwise. The guys on the road to Emmaus didn't even recognize Jesus. They didn't even know it was him. Peter. Peter is like the consummate failure. He failed all the time. The difference always is, throughout this entire book, is the presence of Jesus Christ, the presence of God. So I don't don't know what you've come in with today, what's on your heart, but I need to invite you to do a couple things. One, understand that all of you need Jesus, (laughs) it doesn't stop after you say the prayer. But I also want to tell you that in this journey, and hear me very clearly, in this journey, your life should be filled with Jesus' encounters. And each one of those encounters should transform you. If it's not transforming you, then then you need to to reevaluate some things. Because when Jesus shows up, Things change. And you hear me say this all the time. But you need to get this picture. So where have you grown? I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're on the first boat where you're like, is this guy really who he says he is? Maybe you're on the second boat. Maybe you're, now you're getting the picture. He really is the son of the living God. What I invite you to today is to invite Jesus into your boat. I invite you today to invite Jesus into your boat. I don't know where your boat's at. I don't know what storm it's in. Your boat may not be in a storm. Maybe you're just sitting out in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of people you don't like. (laughs) You ever been stuck on a boat with people you don't like? Some of y'all are laughing too hard at that We might need to go ahead and pray I don't know where your boat's at Here's what I do know And I'm going to make a declaration here This boat, Transformation Church boat We want to be a boat where Jesus is not just a boat that's rowing for no reason. We're going somewhere. And there are going to be oftentimes there, there's going to be issues in this boat. The boat's going to rock from time to time. But hear me. If Jesus is in the boat, we'll work it out. And I do not want us to end up in a place where we're... We, we throw Jesus out of the boat You know what I'm saying? Jesus has to be in the boat And so this morning as they begin to play some music I'm, I'm just going to pray for you That's what I'm going to do I'm going to pray for you And then we're going to have a back to school bash so, so there are some in this room Today we've got food in the back It's going to be delicious We've got a blow up outside That has a weight limit Hear me. I can't get on it. Some <laughs> I don't need any comments from the peanuts gallery over here. <clears throat> and we're just going to celebrate back to school and we're going to continue to bring back the school supplies. But I don't want to leave here without You know, it's fun to watch the kids dance and sing praises to God. It's fun to have a service like this where we get to decorate and be different. I will be unsatisfied if you leave here different. And you should too. If you leave here and you walk the same way that you've always walked, what's the point? We have got to allow Jesus to transform us from the inside out. And the disciples realized something very important in that boat. One, Jesus' presence in the boat changes everything. Number two, he really is who he says he is. Let me say that again. Jesus really is who he says he is. And he can be that for you. Let's pray. Father, you have been so good to us today. And as we kind of close out this service and get ready to transition to some fun. My prayer is that as we navigate the boat of this church. And as individually we navigate the boats of our homes and our families. That you would be the steering factor. That you would be present amongst us. God, that if we, if we try and steer this boat on our own or, or try and figure this out on our own or handle situations on our own, God, that they can go awry. But if you are, wherever you are, there's peace. Wherever you are, God, there is strength. Wherever you are, God, there is healing. God, your presence brings with it all the power and, and, and joy that we could ever desire. And this morning, we crave it. We yearn for your presence near to us. God, let us leave here and act differently. Let us handle situations differently. Let us respond differently. God, let us walk differently, talk. Let us communicate differently because you are on the boat with us. And for those this morning who may be rocking and rolling in a time of their life that they don't understand, they don't get, and they don't don't know if they can make it. Lord, let them cry out to you this morning, save me. Save me, Lord. And know, Father, that this morning you will respond immediately. You are so good.